Hello, hello, Angel Muffins. It is me, MLB, back with the 13th episode of the Mary Lacey Bank Show. So today's topic on the pod is a topic that I've been talking about quite a bit for the last few weeks, and it is the carnivore diet. So this is the second episode featuring the carnivore diet. The first one I posted a few weeks ago. It was with Natalie E. West. If you haven't checked it out yet, when you're done listening to this episode, go ahead and pop that in your earbuds. But the episode this week features a man named Asher Adelman. So I first came across Asher when I was listening to Dr. Kilt's podcast called Carnivore Conversations. And Asher shared his story of how just a few, well, I think it was like 10 years ago, he literally couldn't keep a job because of his mental health issues. And he today literally is running three businesses and he's experiencing zero mental health issues. Like he's not managing them, you guys. Like he's not coping with them. Like they are non-existent. So when I heard about that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get this guy on my pod. So this episode is super special to me. And one of Asher's many jobs is he is a nutritional therapist and he uses uh, the carnivore diet to help people recover from their mental health issues, just like he helped himself. And so in this episode, we get deep into the root cause of mental health issues. And I think that you're going to be really surprised to find out what he thinks that root cause is. And no, he does not believe that it is PTSD or childhood wounding. So this could be really good news for people who don't necessarily want to spend, you know, years and thousands of dollars on therapy. So before we get into this episode, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much. Since last week, I have gotten three more reviews across podcasts, or sorry, ratings across podcast platforms, which just makes my absolute day. I am still waiting on my first rating on Apple Podcasts. So whoever that lucky person wants to be, I would love to get my first review on Apple Podcasts. And again, ratings and reviews are super helpful for the MLB show because they let other listeners as well as the algorithm know that the Mary Lazy Bank show is a really good freaking show. Okay. All right. So thank you in advance and let's get into the episode. Hey, Asher. And do you pronounce your last name Edelman? Adelman, yeah. Adelman. Okay, awesome. Mm. So to get started, I would love it if you would introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Asher. Uh, I live in uh, Las Vegas. I'm almost uh, 50 years old. Um, I've um, work-wise, so for the past eight years, I um, I founded and ran and managed a mental health clinic out here in Vegas. And I'm transitioning from that to a few other uh, other things. Um, I'm still doing, new, uh, so I'm a nutritional therapist, um, and I have seen clients, mental health clients, and and um, for nutritional therapy. Uh, so I'm continuing to do some of that, and I also have a few other businesses that I'm working on. Uh, one of which is Spearhead Soaps, um, natural uh, tallow-based uh, skincare, personal care products. Um, and another project that I'm working on that's supposed to launch in September, October. 
What project is that? Can you not talk um, about it yet? So, so yeah, it's it's still in stealth mode. It's it's a um, it's a company in the food um, in the food uh, segment, uh, like nutritional. Very cool. Uh, it's a nutritional food product. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I first want to let you know why I wanted to have you on my show. So um, I'm very new to learning about carnivore. Um, the reason that I chose to, I guess, go down that rabbit hole was because I was diagnosed with all these mental health issues and I was just really struggling. And I got to a point where I was like, I really don't want to struggle with this for the rest of my life. Like there has to be something better than, you know, talk therapy, which was costing me so much money and quite frankly, really wasn't working. Um, and then also all of the psychotropic medications that had side effects that I was not into. So I, you know, I started down this rabbit hole and I came across your episode with Dr. Kiltz where you talked about some of your past struggles and what brought you to use nutrition as medicine. So I was wondering if you could like let us in on that story. Yeah. So, um, so I have a kind of a, a similar journey to yours or similar, similar path to yours. Mm -hmm. So I also, um, I, up until about 11, 12 years ago, struggled with mental health issues, basically my whole life since childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, depression, anxiety, uh, some other issues, ADHD, mm -hmm. um, impulse control issues when I was a kid, emotional control issues when I was a kid. And uh, <clears throat> those issues seem to have kind of stabilized a bit during my late teens and, and early 20s. And and then in my late 20s got worse again, The mo mostly the anxiety and the depression. And um, I'm trying to remember when it was, probably early 30s. Um, so I started having panic attacks. And, and um, they started off happening once every few months. And I'd have one of them and, you know, very unpleasant. Um, but, you know, um, not the end of the world when they're happening that infrequently. So, but unfortunately, as time went on, the frequency and the severity gradually increased of the mm -hmm. panic attacks until when they were at their worst. I was experiencing a panic attack pretty much on a daily basis. Wow. And it, yeah, I was interfering with my, um, you know, with my, my life, with my work. Um, I ended up, uh, because I was having uh, the panic attacks at work. So I ended up having to quit a job, uh, a pretty prestigious job that I really liked. I had to quit. Um, and I was out of work for like a year and a half or so, unable to work at all. Wow. Um, so yeah, I was, it was, uh, uh, <clears throat> I, I was in a really bad situation. And like you, I tried therapy. Um, I was seeing a therapist at the time when things were really bad for four years every week. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I figured I probably spent over $20,000 on therapy. And I mean, I liked the therapist. He was great, really smart guy. Um, I enjoyed going to the therapy sessions. But um, if you ask me if it helped at all with my anxiety levels, with my mood, with my you know uh, panic attacks, didn't help at all. Yeah. Like I understood them. I knew why they were happening, but I couldn't control them. And uh, I couldn't control my anxiety levels, couldn't control my mood. Um, and so, you know, everything was not good at all. And, and he started recommending that I go on psych meds, mm -hmm. which I didn't want to do. That's one of the things that freaked me out um, is going on, you know, psychiatric medications and either having an adverse or, uh, you know, a side effect. 
um, or having them not work or having me, you know, be, become dependent on them or, or addicted to them yeah. uh, or, you know, experiencing unpleasant, undesirable side, side effects. So I was against that. Um, and I had been, to be honest, for, you know, for years, I'd been kind of self-medicating with alcohol mostly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't want to add, um, psych drugs into the mix. And so that got me started. Okay. Well, what, you know, I, so I, and I was, like I said, I was in a pretty bad place at the time. I was pretty hopeless. Um, you know, years had gone by, my situation was only getting worse. And I thought that, um, that I wasn't ever going to feel normal again, mm -hmm. that I would have to get used to, you know, to that's how I'd probably, um, be feeling and functioning the rest of my life. Um, but I, I, I had wanted to at least, you know, if I, if I would be able to, you know, reduce the, um, the frequency of the panic attacks enough to where I was able to hold down a job because, you know, I have a family, I have kids and, um, not a good feeling, not being able to support your family and your kids. Yeah. So, um, so I went online and was reading, you know, about possibilities for things that might help improve anxiety. And so I came across a few articles in a book, um, that mentioned that some people have sensitivities to different foods and that these foods will, um, will exacerbate anxiety. Do you remember and which book so it was? The, um, I think it was the wheat belly. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I think there was a little blurb in there, um, about anxiety and, and, or, or about mental health. And, and, you know, like, like I said, at the time I was so, um, I was so hopeless and in so, you know, such a bad place. I would, you know, I was willing to try anything except yeah. for psych meds. Yeah. I was willing to try anything. So I thought, okay, you know, I'll make some, you know, dietary changes and and maybe hopefully fingers crossed, it'll help a little bit. Um, and to my you know, re really pleasant surprise, I think it was within a month or two or so, like my panic attacks stopped happening. My anxiety levels went back to normal. My mood um, you know, my depression was gone. So, and, and that time, so I thought I was like 11, 12 years old. That, that had to have been my, my late thirties. So in my late thirties, I felt for the first time what it felt not to be depressed, wow. um, you know, all the time on an ongoing basis yeah. and to not be, you know, feel anxiety. And it, it, it was amazing. So that's like you mentioned going on the nutrition rabbit hole. So I went down that as well. And that's kind of what started it is I was so blown away by how, how all of my mental health issues, chronic decades long since childhood mental health issues went, oh, not, didn't get better. They went away, like they're gone and, and they've stayed, they've stayed gone for the past 11 or 12 years and wow. no anxiety, no depression, uh, haven't had a panic attack in 11 or 12 years. And, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. And even even during very stressful times, you know, the, all the, the lockdowns and yeah. all the other stuff, it was, you know, just for, as an example, that period of time was extremely stressful um, for everyone. Nobody had ever been through something like that, having, you know, all of society locked down and not being able to work and, and et cetera, et cetera. But even during that very stressful time within myself i was calm and relaxed and not stressed out and i realized okay this is a very stressful situation that that i and everybody else is in mm -hmm. uh, but within my body I, I was calm and and that's that's how i've been ever since which is crazy I, I i don't have to try and be calm or i don't have to try and not 
get anxious or get upset or get, you know, freak out about different things. It's just, that's my default now is that I'm just like Mr. Zen, which is totally crazy because it's totally, total opposite than what, you know, what my experience in my life has been or had been up until that point. Wow. I, I have full body chills. First of all, I think I, I guess I find so much hope and inspiration from you because so much of what you talk about and have been through are similar things to myself and similar things that you were told by, you know, doctors and um, therapists are certain things that I have been told myself. And I just am so inspired. And I think something that is so cool about your story as well is like the level of hopelessness that you describe and like the level of difficulty that you were up against is something that is it's hard to even fathom. And I have so much, you know, sympathy for that. And the fact that even though you were there, you were like, there has to be a better way. Like, I'm going to find a way out. And I'm, you know, and, and you did. And I just think that's so cool that you chose, you know, because it would have been, it it could have been easier for you to say, you know, oh, I'm just going to do meds and just accept that this is going to be my life, which I think is what a lot of people, including myself, in the past have fallen into. Yeah, I mean, well, and because that's that's been the experience of a lot of people. You yeah. try the the accepted traditional treatment modalities, which are psychotherapy and 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 psych meds, mm -hmm. um, neither of which have have a very good track record. Yeah, and if you if you look into the research, the vast majority of people with mental health conditions who uh, undergo ther psychotherapy and who, who take psych meds do not get better. I mean, they, they do not, they might improve for, um, you know, for uh, a little bit for a period of time. Usually, oftentimes, they'll fall back into uh, how they how they were or, you know, or they're 20% better, but they're still struggling. They're still not functioning well. They're still not feeling well. They're still not thriving. Yeah. And, and, and that's because, and what's unfortunate is that there's not more awareness about this is because neither psychotherapy nor psych meds are correcting the root cause of uh, mental health conditions. And um, most people, well, the medical industry as a whole doesn't focus on root cause of whatever ailment we're struggling with or we're dealing with. <clears throat> they'll help manage our symptoms and they'll help try and you know treat our symptoms or improve our symptoms, but they don't look at root cause. They don't want to fix root cause. And there is a root cause. It's not random or for no reason why we experience anxiety or depression or ADHD or bipolar disorder or whatever mm -hmm. there's a there's a physiological reason for that and it's also not and a lot of people um, won't agree with me on this it's also not because of trauma yeah. trauma doesn't cause isn't the root cause of anxiety depression um, and, and other mental health issues it of course it's a it can trigger it it can exacerbate um, th those issues, but it's not the root cause. And I say that as someone who, whose mental health issues, um, were also not rooted, but, um, but, um, there, there's, you know, mine is PTSD based also. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with a lot of people who have been through trauma and horrific trauma, um, that, you know, unthinkable things that, that people have been through. And again, like me who have tried, psychotherapy for years who have tried, mm -hmm. I, I didn't try medications, but I've worked with a lot of people who've tried medications for years and they're still struggling. They're still dealing with anxiety, with depression, with panic attacks, um, with night terrors, et cetera, et cetera. 
and um, and it isn't until they address the root cause, which is metabolic dysfunction of the brain or malnourishment and inflammation of the brain, that uh, when they address and correct that root cause, which fortunately isn't very complicated and doesn't take too long to address and correct, they feel much better and they get over their issues. And that's without, and, and I've had, I've worked with people who have been through very traumatic um, uh, situations and some of them don't want to go to psychotherapy. Some of them don't want to rehash these these things that happened to them and have to think about mm -hmm. it again and so forth. Mm -hmm. And and just from um, changing their diet, the trauma is still there. Their past is still the past. It's not, you know, I didn't hypnotize anyone and have them forget what happened to them. Yeah. But it doesn't affect them. It doesn't affect their mood. It doesn't affect their anxiety levels. It doesn't affect how they feel and function on a day-to-day -day basis anymore. It's still there, but it doesn't have the same effect that it used to have on them. And like I said, that's been, that's been my situation as well. So what, you know, what I went through uh, during childhood also doesn't affect me like how it used to my whole life. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, most people that I talk to that I work with think I'm totally nuts and oh no, there's no way that can be, you know, there's no way that can be possible. And, but it is. Um, yeah. And, and it works extremely well because that's really the root cause. Um, and that's why a lot of people who think that trauma is the root cause of uh, anxiety, depression, and so forth, PTSD. So the reason why it isn't the root cause of it <clears throat> is because you can, there are a lot of people who experience trauma and, um, and don't develop a debilitating anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera. So if it were a root cause, severe trauma, that means that everybody who goes through a severe trauma uh, would experience mental health uh, issues as a result, PTSD-related issues as, yeah. as, uh, as a result. Not all, not everybody does though. Mm -hmm. There's some people too. You can have two people that'll go through the same type of traumatic experience. Obviously, of course, both. You know, uh, um, wasn't pleasant at all for both. Both suffered. Both um, had a very difficult time with it. But one of those people was able to con to continue with their day-to-day -day functioning, to continue, you know, keeping their stuff together and, and moving on with their lives. Whereas the other person went through the same type of trauma, was really struggling, struggling to with their anxiety levels, struggling with their mood, struggling to, to function on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis. And um, so, so yeah, trauma, again, while it can exacerbate and worsen, um, and trigger anxiety, depression, et cetera, it's not the root cause. The root cause is the metabolic health of our brain. And that's what anyone who's experiencing mental health issues, whether it's anxiety or depression or ADHD, should be addressing first of all yeah. uh, <clears throat> is, that, is that root cause. And very unfortunate that very few people know about this, um, but hopefully, hopefully things will change. Yeah, I, I just I interviewed Natalie E. West uh, last week, uh, who is a nutritional psychotherapist. And, you know, before she even before she even starts talking to her clients about really anything, she starts talking to them about what's going on with what they're eating, I think, because of what exactly what you're talking about, about the inflammation of the brain. And you just said something that I have never heard before, to be honest. I've never heard anyone say that, you know, PTSD is not the root cause. 
And I think when you look at Western medicine, if you look at what, and, and this is something Andrew Huberman talks about, you know, he, he believes that um, so much of mental health is still in the dark ages. And I think you kind of touched on that in the sense that, you know, we're all looking at, um, at the event that happened. And I say that as someone who, you know, I myself, I've been in, I've had tra traumatic things happen. I've been diagnosed with PTSD and I've been through all of these different things that aren't working and that don't work. And I think, you know, you get to a point, at least I did, where I got to be so desperate that I'm just like, I'll try anything. Like, I'll try anything because whatever is, you know, I'm tired of, like you said, putting thousands of dollars into something that isn't giving me an ROI. Like, this isn't an investment at this point. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And, and then you start losing time. And when you look at the time that you've lost being depressed or being unhappy, it's like you'll try anything. So I'm curious, you know, you talked about people who have inflammation of the brain and how that is the ultimate root cause. And you mentioned how some people can go through the same event and one of them would be, you know, seriously traumatized and the other one isn't. So are you suggesting that the people who are not seriously traumatized have less inflammation of their brain? Yeah, their brains are less inflamed and okay. they're they're better nourished. And okay. so a, a nourished, a well-nourished and not inflamed brain is going to function better. Um and the and with regards to um you know psychiatric functioning, with regards to neurological functioning, with regards to cognitive functioning. Um so yeah, without a doubt, one who nourishes, fuels their brain properly and is not inflaming and poisoning their brain, the brain is going to function better, just just like all of our other organ systems. If we're inflaming and and uh, starving our different organ systems of the nutrients that they need to to function um, optimally, our our other organ systems aren't going to be functioning well, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's our cardiovascular system, whether it's our endocrine system, whether it's our digestive system uh, um, or, or you know immune system, all those organ systems, uh, will end up um, weakening, will end up uh, not functioning well, will we'll end up with different symptoms with regards to each of those uh, each of those organ systems. And it's the same root cause. The same root cause for anxiety, depression, ADHD is the same root cause for autoimmune conditions, for digestive conditions, for um, you know for for skin inflammatory conditions. It's all connected to how we're fueling and nourishing mm -hmm. our body. And um, and unfortunately, a lot of us are poisoning yeah. uh, our body and our brain through um, <clears throat> through processed trash that we're eating that that we call food, but which isn't shouldn't it isn't fit for human consumption, and it's damaging our health and our functioning, yeah. And you just touched on something that I have found to be so fascinating is that a lot of people who do have, depression and anxiety also have autoimmune conditions. Some people actually think that depression and anxiety are autoimmune conditions, which is also interesting. Um, did you have any other autoimmune conditions besides the mental? Yeah, I had, uh, so I had a number of uh, physical health issues, mm -hmm. inflammatory issues. I had uh, a lot of di digestive issues um, yeah. since childhood as well, uh, IBS type issues. Um, and I always chalked it up to being, ah, uh, you know, I have a sensitive digestive system or that's just my genes. That's just how it is. Is, um, but no, it's the fact that I was eating foods that were damaging my digestive system 
and that's why I was experiencing those unpleasant symptoms. It's it's like, yeah. uh, and and we don't we don't tend to connect things that are happening to us uh, as as messages that our body is trying to give us. We understand we understand the message of pain. That's mm-hmm. that's something that all of us understand. When we feel pain, we know okay something's happening. Uh, a part of my body is being harmed, damaged, and so you do what's needed to relieve the the root causes of that pain. Mm-hmm. But other health symptoms, whether physical, mental, uh, are also messages that our body's telling us. If if I have bad acne, that's not just oh I have crappy genes and so I have acne and and no, it's that's a sign that I'm poisoning my body. I have tons of toxins in my body. Our, our skin is one of our detoxification pathways, and so when we're when we're when our body is just overloaded with toxins and can't get rid of all of them through the regular um, detoxification pathways. So we we develop acne and other inflammatory issues, or if it's joint pain or, um, you know, or uh, immune, you know, autoimmune issues, like all those things are our organ systems, our body going haywire. Those are all messages that our body is telling us that, hey, you're one, not fueling the body properly, a different organ system mm-hmm. properly. And two, you're poisoning, inflaming the different organ systems. That's why you're experiencing these symptoms. People don't tend to think of why they're experiencing the symptoms. Like, oh, you know, I've got, you know, acne, or I've got back lower back pain, or I've got migraines, or I've got whatever. And they don't think, think, okay, why am I experiencing that? They just say, okay, what can I do to help relieve the pain? Or, you know, which which is not. Not a very good strategy to do because you're basically shooting the messenger. Yeah, your bo- that's that's your body's defense mechanism. Like with pain, um, you know, it's and this this is an example I give to to all my clients, and and I tell them that mental symptoms, depression, anxiety, ADHD, that th- those are like pain. Those are messages that are that our brains trying to tell us that our brain is being damaged wow. through malnourishment, inflammation. And so I tell people it's like if I put my hand on a hot surface, right? My hand's getting burned. Uh, my hand starts to hurt and is in pain. Why? Because my body is telling me, hey, your hand's being damaged so that I'll do what's needed to stop the damage. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, what the medical industry or the mental health industry nowadays um, does is if I have my hand on the hot surface, I call my therapist, I call my doctor and I say, doctor, therapist, I got my hand on the hot surface. It's burning. It's in pain. What do I do? And the doctor the therapist says, okay, don't do anything. Don't move. Uh, I'll send you a, you know, so a doctor would say, I'll send you a prescription for a pill you can take that'll get rid of your pain. Yeah. A therapist would say, okay, don't move. Um, I'll, you know, let's do a therapy session right now and I'll teach you how to cope. I'll give you coping skills to cope with the pain that you're feeling in your hand. Mm-hmm. Neither of which is optimal um, at stopping the damage that we're doing to our hand, which is the root cause of why we're experiencing that pain. What the doctor and the, the psychotherapist should be saying is, well, let's address the root cause, the reason why your hand is, is in pain, which is because it's on a hot surface. Take your hand off the hot surface and pain's gone and your hand's also not being damaged. So that's unfortunately how the medical and mental health industries work nowadays. Don't listen to what your body is telling you. Don't think about why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. Let's just give you a pain pill or, you know, a painkiller or teach you coping mechanisms so you can better cope with what you're, uh, the negative symptoms you're experiencing where, yeah, somebody who's been there is not optimal. I don't want to, I don't want to learn how to cope with depression, anxiety, and panic attacks. I don't want to experience them. Right. I want to feel good. I want, I want a good mood, uh, happy, stable mood. I want low anxiety levels. I want to be calm and relaxed. 
Um, and that's what I want. I don't want to, I don't want to learn how to cope with depression, anxiety. Yes. Wow. You just had so much there. I love what you said about the purpose of pain. Cause I, I think that, I think that in the world that we live in, you know, some of us forget that it's 50, 50, meaning 50% of it's going to like, we have like the only way that we know good emotion is because we also know bad and they both exist on this realm. They both exist on this planet and there's value to both. And I think, you know, the value of pain, the val uh, you know, even in your case, the value of your pain was it really, it forced you to find a new way and to find a new solution and then help other people, which is like beautiful and amazing. So you have talked about root cause and, you know, and how having a malnourished brain results in, um, you know, inflammation, which is the root cause. So can you talk more about like when you are working with clients as nutritional therapist, when you are looking at root causes, what protocol, what foods um, do you prescribe? So what, what we should be doing, what, how humans should be eating is we should try and eat as closely to how humans have been eating for the millions of years that we've been on this planet. Okay, so if you think, what should I eat as a human being? What's an optimum? What are optimal foods for me to eat? It's what a human would have eaten a hundred thousand years ago, a million years ago, um, and uh, food that would have been available during the millions of years of ice ages that lasted until about ten thousand years ago. Yeah. So if you think, what would humans have eaten fifty thousand years ago, a hundred thousand years ago in an ice age? And if you've ever been out and, and, and so most people would think, oh, okay, I need lots of fruits and vegetables and, and healthy whole grains and beans and legumes. And like, no, like, first of all, humans never, like, humans never ate. We didn't learn to process grains until about 10,000 years ago. Um, and so we ate no grains, no beans, no legumes. And if you think, um, you know, you've probably been out, out in nature and like national parks and like very lush, green, beautiful areas with rivers and creeks and, you know, this and that. I've been all over, you know, North America, different like nature areas in North America and Europe and, and middle in the, in the Middle East. And I have never, not once in my whole life, seen an edible plant yes. that I could have eaten out in the nature, out in the wild, except for maybe every once in a while, some wild berries where I'm not sure if they're edible or poisonous. So yeah. I, you know, probably wouldn't want to take a risk. But um, other than that, like nothing, there's no fruit no vegetables, no anything else, vegetation, even in these very lush green um, uh, environments. And certainly if there were um, fruits or vegetables or whatnot available, you're probably, there's probably not going to be, they're probably not going to be calorically dense enough in order for a human to survive off of those. Mm -hmm. So if you think what could a human have, been, have eaten for millions of years out in the wild, like basically big animals that you can hunt down and, and kill that are available year round that are available in during ice ages. And so even like, you know, if I'm in the mountains in wintertime and it's snowy and, and, and like, certainly when you're in like a snowy, like cold um, environment, you're not going to find too much edible vegetation. Like you're not going to find any edible vegetation, but you will find animals that you can hunt and kill. And so basically humans have been subsisting on meat. Mm -hmm. from like red meat uh, from large animals. Um, that's the optimal thing for us in general, though. Not everybody's going to do that. Not, every, not everybody's going to be carnivore like you and me. 
uh, it's the optimal best way for humans to to eat, but not everybody is going to do it, which yeah. is okay. And certainly not all of my clients are carnivore. Um, so what you want to do is to emulate, to eat real food, real natural whole food. If you could pick it off the ground or off a tree, or if, um, you know, you could kill it and eat it, um, then that's what you should be eating. So basically meat, eggs, uh, dairy, if you don't have dairy sensitivity, um, vegetables, low starch vegetables. Um, and I would say fruit on occasion, maybe, you know, I tell people maybe one or two pieces of fruit a week. Okay. Again, a lot of people go crazy with fruits and vegetables and think that those are the best things in the world. And that's, mm -hmm. and most of my, so some of my clients are on really junk food diets and not surprising that mental health issues. Um, but I'd say the larger segment of my, of my client base are people who are cognizant of nutrition and being healthy. They work out, they try and eat healthy. They're drinking green smoothies, eating lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of salads. And they wonder why they're, you know, dealing with mental health and other mm -hmm. uh, health issues. And, and so, yeah, it's not, you know, eating a ton of fruit and vegetables isn't the answer. And it's also not, um, evolutionarily consistent like fruit and vegetables are seasonal meaning when they're not in the 21st century grown industrially all over the world um in greenhouses and then shipped overseas so they're available like fruit and, and vegetables were never used to be available um, year round only when they were in season and i you know i'm not too old i'm, I'm almost 50 and i remember growing up in california as a kid you couldn't get uh, you could only get certain fruits when they're in season in the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So you had apples, apples were only available like in during apple season, peaches only available during peach season, great, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You couldn't get all those fruits like year round. And so humans and animals never would have eaten fruit 365 days a year. And certainly not the huge, uh, super sweet fruits that are available in the super supermarkets nowadays, like the, even how the fruit is, because it's been modified and bred and so forth. It's it's diff very different than how it was, even from what, what I remember, you know, 40 years ago as, oh, as wow. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. The fruit was a lot, a lot smaller back then, a lot less sweet, more tart, more bitter. Uh, but that's how fruit was and you ate it and it was, it was fine. You liked it. And mm -hmm. now it's, I mean, now it's like, um, it's, you know, fr most fruits are basically like dessert nowadays yeah. in terms of the sugar content and people are eating this stuff every day thinking that it's healthy and it's not <laughs> certainly better than a piece of cake or a cookie, but mm -hmm. having a piece of fruit. But so that's why I like to tell people like, have a, if you, if you know, if you must have a piece of fruit once or twice a week and try, you know, not more than that. But so basically meats, eggs, dairy, uh, and vegetables and if you, you know, if you insist a little bit of fruit, uh, okay, that's basically what, and then you want to get rid of all the processed foods. Mm -hmm. uh, so processed grains, processed seed oils, so the canola oils, the soybean oil, the corn oil, all that stuff, anything with processed ingredients in, in them. So, which is most of what you find in the supermarkets with, you know, ingredients like emulsifiers and colorings and pervert uh, and preservatives and stabilizers and uh, sweeteners, like all that stuff just does a number to us. Those, all those, you know, a lot of those ingredients are very toxic and very inflammatory. And um, so, yeah, we want to get rid of those. And I also recommend not eating beans and legumes. Those are also, you know, those are very difficult to digest. 
and they they harm our digestive functioning, which is why there's a whole joke about beans giving you gas, yeah. which is true. Beans do give us gas. And, and, and because it's very common, people think that it's normal, but it's mm-hmm. not normal. Again, it's a gassiness, bloating, other GI issues are signs that we're wrecking and damaging our digestive system and that it's not functioning well. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard you on another podcast talk about Paul Saladino, who, you know, is a, uh, used to be carnivore MD, uh, and you know, he's pretty big right now. And, you know, he used to be all carnivore and now he introduced fruit into his diet. And I heard you say on this podcast that, that you work with clients and that, that you feel that you could have solved his issues very quickly and easily. So I'm curious, what would you have done or what would you like, how would you have helped Paul Saladino to not go for fruit and honey? Yeah. So a common pitfall people, and you know, I've been doing this for uh, close to five years. I think he was, I think he was carnivore for a year and a half, maybe two years. And he felt so good and felt so, you know, strongly about it. He wrote a book about it. He called himself carnivore MD and, 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 and so he, ran into the issue. And I remember seeing, because he would post like what eight in a day videos and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, gosh, he's like, he's not eating enough fat. He's eating like way too much protein, way too much lean, lean cuts of meat mm-hmm. and not enough fat. And so that's one of the big ones. And I think he was overdoing it with organs. And so I think that combination, like having excess and certain, um, you know, certain nutrients um, and, also not eating enough fat is is really where a lot of people run into to issues and i i wouldn't be able to i wouldn't be able to last probably two or three months eating like how he used to eat with you know mm-hmm. lean cuts of meat and not enough fat like i wouldn't be able to do it um yeah. i wouldn't feel satiated i wouldn't feel good I, and and i'm sure i'd start developing health issues uh, at some point at some point but people who are long-term carnivores who are doing well who are thriving uh, and feeling amazing. Uh, most of them are eating high fat, um, you know, high fat carnivores. So yeah. for me, I, I get 80% of my, about it's probably 75, 75 to 80% of my calories are from fat wow. and about 20 to 25% are from protein. Yeah. I eat a lot of fat. Um, and, and that's really what our body needs and our, our brains need. And, um, you know, and a lot of people, when I tell them we need to eat a lot of fat, like a lot of clients, they'll, you know, the, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get fat. I don't want to gain weight. And I tell them it doesn't work like that. If you, <laughs> when you eat high fat, the opposite is going to happen. And, and yeah, and they all, you know, the ones that do it experience that. And I'm like, you know, in terms of um, body composition, like I'm in the best shape that I've ever been in my life. Like, and I was athletic as, as a teenager, I wrestled in high school. I've been lifting weights since I was 14. And I'm in way better shape now at, you know, two months away from 50 than I was when I was 20 or 25 or 30. So, and it's, um, and I'm actually lifting weights a little bit less than I used to. I used to, you know, I used to lift weights like five times a week, two hours Mm -hmm. each workout. And now I do three, four times a week for an hour each time. And I'm in way better shape now, even the fact, despite the fact that I'm much older now, Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm eating optimally. And so when you eat right, again, you fuel and nourish your body properly. You don't inflame your body. Like it'll, it will, will heal and it will optimize and you'll feel and function very, very well. So I'm curious when you say that you eat 80% of your diet in fat, 
calories. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So how? Oh, sorry. Cal. Yeah. So how are you getting that fat? Like, what are the sources? Uh, mostly beef fat. So beef okay. cattle. Okay. Yeah, I, I get fatty. I eat like fatty cuts of meat mm-hmm. of beef. Ninety-five percent what I eat is beef. I eat a little bit of um of scallops, a little bit of oysters uh, here and there. Uh, but most of what I eat is beef and some lamb here and there. Um, so I'll eat cuts like um, uh, short ribs. I'll eat uh, brisket, uh, chuck roast, things like that. Um, if it's ground beef, I get the the ground beef with the highest fat content in it. And then I add extra either fat trimmings or fat tallow, like rendered uh, rendered fat. Um, so yeah, I, and, and I... I don't measure it out and, but I, I just know, you know, I can kind of, I've been doing this for so long. I can kind of yeah. eyeball it, how much is going to be a good amount for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I just do, in, I just eat intuitively, like how mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can feel if I, okay, I need a little bit more fat than I'm currently eating or I need, or I, you know, okay, I'm eating a little bit too much fat than what I need. Like I kind of can tell by how my, by how I'm feeling and how my body's feeling. Um, but yeah, when you do like the same thing over and over again, you get pretty good at, at eyeballing and knowing like, you know, what a good amount's going to be. And Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's really cool that, that you say that. It really, it intrigues me. Um, so I now want to pivot into skincare. So you obviously have a skincare line. Um, and I've read some of your posts on social about how much changing your diet has impacted your skin. And even the mm. way that you care for your skin. So I'm curious if you can dive into that a little bit. Yeah. So it's basically the same line of thinking, like to to optimize our health and optimize the health and functioning of our of our various organ systems, our skin, which is you know uh, one of our organ systems. Mm-hmm. So we need to fuel and nourish our different organ systems properly and not inflame them. And so one of the ways of of doing that is through diet, obviously by consuming foods that are nutrient rich and not non-inflammatory, but also, um, you know, as, as most people know, our skin is like a sponge. It absorbs whatever we put on it. So, so we consume things through our skin as well. So the same line of thinking where we want to fuel ourselves with, with real nutrient rich, unprocessed, um, uh, substances mm-hmm. we want to do the same for our skin so whether whether it's with you know cl- by cleaning our skin or moisturizing our skin or whatnot we don't want to use uh, artificial chemicals many of which are harsh inflammatory mm-hmm. um, hormone disrupting carcinogenic etc cetera, etc cetera. we want to use real natural and in- products that have real natural ingredients to nourish and fuel our skin and help our skin heal and 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 um and and maintain its health and vitality and, and radiance and not inflame and poison our skin basically. So that's kind of the thinking. And and a number of years ago, I started using natural soaps and, and other skincare products, uh, tallow based, and found that wow, these like work really well. I, I you know I love them. I love the way my skin feels. And and it also, I mean, it almost feels now that I've switched over and, and I'm you know I've been using natural tallow-based products for for quite a bit of time now it almost feels like like i'm nourishing my skin like i'm not just cleaning it you know i'm not just using a soap and cleaning my skin because my clean my skin was dirty now it's now it's clean but actually feels like i'm it kind of feels like i'm feeding my skin and i feel like my like my skin my body feels good 
it just feels um it's kind of a a, a hard um thing to explain but um but but it's like a, you know it's like a lot of things that i've experienced you know with dietary changes and so forth you just feel um it's just a different feeling than what you're used to because we've we've all been consuming these chemical commercial processed products, whether it's foods or skincare products and whatnot, our whole lives, we don't have anything to compare it to because that's what we've been doing forever. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and so when we get rid of all the chemicals and we start eating or consuming or putting on our skin, natural products that are beneficial and healing and nourishing, it's just a different feeling. And they're like, wow, so this is what it's supposed like even with eating. So, wow, this is what it's supposed to feel like to feel satiated. Not yeah. like full, uncomfortable, heavy, bloated, like how I used to feel after every meal. Mm -hmm. But now I feel, wow, now I feel good and content and happy and, and satiated. Like this is satiety. This is how mm -hmm. we're supposed to be feeling. So it's kind of the same feeling after, you know, I take a shower. I put, you know, I um, wash myself, use use my towel of soap. Or after I put like, you know, towel of moisturizer on my skin, like, wow, like this feels good. It feels like it's healing and nourishing my skin. So it's it's a, it's an amazing feeling. But, it's, uh, but the idea behind the skincare products uh, line is is the same idea to have us get away from using harsh inflammatory chemical substances on our body and in our body and to use real natural um, uh, items which are actually very beneficial and healing and just about everybody that uses that tries natural tallow skincare products love them and yeah. like, oh my, I can't believe this like not only does it feel great not to be you know, using these inflammatory chemicals, but, mm -hmm. but uh, like, it, but the products work better. Like the soap works better. The moisturizer works, but like everything works better. Yeah. And, it, and it's so interesting too, to think about, I guess, just how toxic I like, at least for me, I feel like this whole carnivore journey really did open me up to the level of toxicity that we're living in. You know, I think first like looking at our food and then you know, from there, it's like, well, if I'm eating so healthy, I also want to make sure that because our skin absorbs things. It's like, well, if I'm if I'm, you know, really taking my food seriously, like I might as well be taking my skin seriously, too, because it's all going to affect the same systems. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that's super cool. And I'm curious, can you talk to us about your son's about your son care? Like like how like how do you go out into the sun? How do you relate to the sun? Um, you know, how do you feel about seed oils in the sun? Um, all of that. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, if it's easy to tell, but through the, um, you know, through the lighting and the camera, but, uh, I'm, I'm very fair skin. My, mm -hmm. my background is like East and North, uh, European Scandinavian. So, wow. and I, I grew up in Southern California in, in a beach town and, um, which was kind of unfortunate because I couldn't be out in the sun and, I would not get and I I couldn't get a tan. I would be out in the sun for, you know, for a short period of time, even with sunscreen and I would burn and get pink and my skin would blister oh, wow. and peel. And yeah, it was really bad. It was painful. And I could, and it, it felt like the skin, the, like the sun was burning me and, wow. you know, it felt like my skin was being damaged, which it was. <clears throat> and again, I chalked it up to jeans. I have like, you know, I'm just real pale and, you know, I'm not able to, to get tan. Um, and so fast forward, you know, up until like five years ago, so after going carnivore, I started hearing, and I always avoided the sun and also skin cancer is something that runs in my family. Mm -hmm. Both my parents and my, my younger sister have had, um, have had to get skin cancers removed surgically or burnt off or cut off. 
like on an annual basis, I think since each of them have been in their early forties. And, um, so I figured, okay, this is in my, you know, just art and genetics and nothing you can do about it. And so, um, after I went car and so I always avoided the sun and always like, you know, put a ton of sunscreen on, uh, whenever I was outside and up until, uh, about four years ago, I started hearing from other carnivores that were saying, wow, now that I'm eating super clean and feel so great, like I'm, you know, I'm going out in the sun and I'm not putting sunscreen on and I'm not getting sunburned and I'm, you know, I'm able to get color easier and quicker. And so I thought, hmm, that's weird, but, you know, it kind of makes sense if our, you know, if inflammation of the skin is, is, you know, is contributing or causing, yeah. um, the sun to damage our skin and to burn our skin, then our, if our skin is healthy, nourished, fueled, and not inflamed, then we should be able, I mean, you know, we're, we've been on this planet for millions of years. We've been out in the sun every day, all day long. So why is the sun all of a sudden damaging? Like it, it doesn't really make sense when you think about it. So I said, oh, let me, let me, let me try and see. And so I went, you know, this is a couple of years ago. So I started going out and, you know, going out in the sun, laying out in the sun and noticed, yeah, well, I'm not like getting burnt like how I used to. And, you know, I didn't go out the first time for, you know, and stay in the sun for three hours Yeah, because you can overdo it. You need to gradually, um, gradually get your skin used to this, you know, the sun's exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I did that gradually and, and yeah, now, I mean, I go out and I like purposefully, uh, sunbathe now and oh, I, wow. I never use sunscreen anymore. And I'm finally able, which is like so cool. Uh, one of the you know coolest things that I think about, like all the positive health benefits, yeah. is that I'm able to get tan now, and and I'm like more tan than you know than other people, like at the gym or whatnot, or like, yeah. well, there's somebody that I'm you know I'm more tan because I used to be like the palest person in the room, not anymore, uh-huh. and I don't get burned. The sun, whereas my whole life it used to feel like it was damaging and harming my skin. Now it feels, it's probably going to sound weird, but it sounds like it's nourishing and healing my skin. So when I lay out in the sun, it feels like my, almost like I'm feeding my skin, which, you know, which makes sense in a way because vitamin D Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, other things like the sun is beneficial. Like we, um, you know, sun is very important to our health, uh, to our immune system Mm -hmm. and yeah, it shouldn't be damaging. And so the fact so for people who it is damaging to, again, that's a sign of the same root cause of all these other health issues. Our skin is inflamed and malnourished, and that's why the sun is damaging it, or that's why the sun is able to damage it. But when we stop inflaming our skin, when we start nourishing and, and fueling it uh, properly, and when it heals, and when our skin is functioning optimally, it will respond very well to the sun. And so, so yeah, it's amazing feeling like, you know, being able to get a tan and having a tan that stays and having yeah. tan lines is like really cool. Um, something I love. And also I just love how it feels to, to be out in the sun. And again, I don't, you know, I won't go in the sun for like eight hours and, you know, you go until you're in, like, like with eating, I don't eat, you know, I don't eat 10 pounds of food. I eat until my body tells me, okay, you've had enough. Like the body's mm-hmm. gotten enough. And then I stop eating. So same thing with being in the sun. I'll go out in the sun until I feel like my body says, okay, you've had enough sun and, um, which, you know, can be an hour or two hours or whatever, uh, as opposed to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 15 minutes in the sun, I would have gotten a really bad sunburn. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. That is incredible how much that changed 
your skin and like as you said like as a result your quality of life I mean the fact that you're able to go out into the sun and like literally experience a whole new relationship with it that is incredible oh for sure and and like skin health as well and like how your skin feels and look and like I said, I'm, you know, I'm almost 50 and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have too many wrinkles. No, um, not at all. Most, yeah. Most people that see me think, um, think I'm in my mid to late thirties. So yeah. most people give me like, you know, 10, 15 years less, like, oh my wow. gosh, you're 49. And like, I can't believe it. And, and, and so, yeah, it's because I've been eating well for the past 11, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I'm taking care of myself. Um, I'm fueling and nourishing my body properly. I'm fueling and nourishing my skin properly. And, and your body and your health will respond in kind when we're, when we're fueling and nourishing our body well and not inflaming it, like things will function well and things will optimize. And, and, um, and that includes how you look, your skin, your hair, like even, you know, I started, uh, my dad's bald and I started losing my hair in my early thirties and, even my wife mentions like, God, your, your hair is like a lot thicker now. Like I still keep it short. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I've, I've kept it like this ever since my thirties. Um, and you know, and it's a lot easier. I'm kind of lazy. So I don't have to do anything with my hair now. Makes so it easy. Um, yeah. So, but, but yeah, when like I noticed and she noticed like, wow, like my hair has grown in the top a lot thicker, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it used to be a lot thinner on the top. Yeah. So, so it's pretty amazing the things that, um, that happen and things you experience, things that you like totally didn't expect um that would happen you know you, or you're experiencing these types of things like wow that's crazy my chronic lower back pain that you know um that um physical therapy and chiropractic and that didn't fix and yeah. now wow no more back pain at you know my late 40s like it's there are a lot of really interesting things that happen that is so interesting and i think you know something that just came to my brain is you know Yes, I mean, you look so healthy and, you know, vibrant. And obviously, you have several businesses, you're working on several projects. And of course, you know, diet is so important to all of that. But I'm curious if you were to give us like an Asher starter pack or like what are the, you know, what are some of like the key things that you are doing to function optimally in your in your life? Yeah. So diet, uh, one of them, of course, um, eating how, how I mentioned, and again, you don't have to eat carnivore. You can eat, um, you know, meat, eggs, mm-hmm. uh, low starch vegetables. Uh, great. Um, exercise. So I would say exercise three, four times a week, mm-hmm. um, doing something that you like my preference. Uh, and, and I, what, what's optimal in my opinion is weight training, okay. uh, resistance training for both men and women of any age. Mm-hmm. Um, and women don't need to worry about getting bulky or getting big muscles if they're going to, you know, if they're going to lift weights, like it's not going to you because you don't have the genetics for that. Right. And unless you're taking steroids, you're not going to get bulky unless you have bulky genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, so exercise three, four times a week, um, not too much because you can overdo it. You can overtrain, which will, you know, have negative effects on your body composition, your stress levels and so forth. Uh, getting enough sleep. So try and get at least seven or eight hours of sleep every night. Um, super important to, uh, to, to the body's functioning, um, getting out in the sun again, once your skin is no longer inflamed and malnourished and, and can be in the sun without being damaged, try and get out in the sun as well. That's, that's something that I try and do as often as possible. I'm lucky. I live in Las Vegas. So we have, you know, sunny skies, most, 
you know, yeah. throughout the year, most of the time. So I'm able to, uh, to, to do that. So yeah, sunshine, definitely fresh air, getting out in the nature as often as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if it's on weekends, going on a hike or getting out just to a park somewhere green, um, those would be the, the main things, um, that I would recommend. And also trying to not consume too much negativity. Yeah. So especially for people who are dealing with anxiety, chronic stress, depression, a lot of us are dialed into the news and we're, you know, we're, we're reading the news or watching the news and, and, and things like that. And that's just like a, you know, a daily dose of negativity and, and stress. And like most of us have enough stress, stress in our lives. We don't need, we don't need to know, like, you know, I don't need to know about different car accidents that happen in my areas in my area or burglaries or robberies or murders or like all the other stuff or politics like I don't need to know about that like it's not benefiting me in any yeah. way to know about that stuff and it's just I'm consuming this negativity and it's it's cool I mean if you do that it's going to impact um you know your mental health and your functioning and your anxiety levels and your stress levels so that's another yeah. thing I do is is limit my um, exposure to content that's positive, that's going to be beneficial. You know, I read things that I, that I like, that I'm interested in, that I, you know, that, that will have some benefit to me that will make me feel good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so whether it's, um, even things like, you know, and I used to, which shouldn't be a shocker when I was dealing with depression, anxiety, I used to watch a lot of like suspense movies and shows yeah. and like, and, and violent, you know, uh, horror movies and stuff like that. I don't mm -hmm. watch any of that stuff anymore. I watch like interesting, like, you know, nature shows or cool documentaries about topics that are of interest to me or like stand up comedy shows, things that things that are going to be uplifting and and that are going to make me feel better and, you know, help my mood and instead of dragging me down and, and making me stressed out. And so I would say those, you know, those would be the things to, to focus on. But certainly the main, you know, the first thing that you want to do, what's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck is is diet yeah um you know you gotta get rid of the inflammatory processed foods you gotta focus on eating uh real nutrient-rich uh foods um so that that that's going to be the biggest have the biggest impact on how uh, how you're feeling and functioning yeah well i i loved your starter pack first of all i loved all of <laughs> i loved all of your uh all of your lifestyle tips and things that are helping you and um yeah, I, I especially like what you said about the content that we're consuming and being being mindful of that um, so that we're not like putting our energy on things that really don't serve us. You know, I think yeah. I don't and know. that stresses out. Yeah. And that's exactly that, that totally mm -hmm. stresses us out. Well, I know that we're coming up on time, but I wanted to end with this one question. So, you know, you've mentioned that you uh, have been active, you know, your whole life. And, um, you know, that you've also experimented with different ways of eating and things like that. And you've also mentioned that now you're the fittest that you've ever been. So I'm curious now that you are fat adapted versus before, like, can you just talk about like what your fitness level is like and what it is like being a fat adapted athlete? Oh yeah. Like super high energy levels, like zero fatigue. And that was, that was one of the health issues or issues that I dealt with my whole life that I thought was just part of me. That was part of my genes is I had chronic fatigue ever since I was a child. Yeah. I always had a very difficult time waking up in the morning, regardless of how much I slept the night before. Mm -hmm. So I thought that's how everybody feels. That's how we're supposed to feel. Uh, but, but no, we're not supposed to feel fatigue. 
we're supposed to, the minute our eyes open in the morning, we're supposed to feel energetic and energized and, and vibrant. And we're supposed to continue feeling like that, like that the, the whole day. And um, so I just drew a blank on your, what your question was. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, mainly just <laughs> about like, you know, being, fa being a fat adapted athlete, basically. And, oh, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe someone out there who's thinking, well, if I'm an athlete, I definitely need carbs, you know, like, like, yeah. how, like, where do, where do carbs fit in? Like, I guess, what would you say to that person? Yeah. So that, that's, that's where I was heading. So, okay. uh, with, with this like absence of fatigue now and my crazy energy levels every day throughout the day, and with being fat adapted, you don't need to be consuming sugar all the time in mm -hmm. order to, to get kind of a boost of energy. So I, whereas I used to, because I've, I've always had a fast metabolism. So my whole life, I used to eat three, four, five meals a day, snacks and be, I'd basically have to eat something every two or three hours. Yeah. Otherwise my blood sugar levels would drop. I'd get the shakes and now I eat twice a day. Mm -hmm. I eat uh, breakfast in the morning and, and then I, I'm totally satiated for like 10, 11 hours. Wow. And then I eat dinner, my second meal dinner and, and I'm done. So I usually work out during like lunch break. So usually like 12, one, two. And so it's been six, seven hours since I've eaten anything when I work out and then I don't work out. For, I don't eat anything for another like three or four hours or so afterwards which is interesting because I have a ton of energy and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm very strong and, yeah. and um, he seriously very well is, in the guys. Gym. he seriously is. Look at, <laughs> look at his Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And, and I get people like, I get kids in their twenties and stuff, like looking at me and, and lots of me questions like, Oh, what's your routine or what, what do you do? And, you know, I'm like, well, basically it's, you know, basically I eat meat, nothing else. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and a lot of those same kids and uh, at the gym, I'll see them like chugging, like, pre-workout shakes and post-workout shakes and mm -hmm. eating something right afterwards to feed, feed the gains and feed them. Like it's, you know, it's all, that's all BS. Like you don't need that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I continue to, to, to get stronger and to put on more muscle and without pre-workout or post-workout or protein shakes or whatever. Um, so it's just eat right. And you'll have, so if you eat a keto, if you eat ketogenically, and you're fat adapted, you don't need to eat all the time. Like fat's more of an efficient, effective fuel source. Mm -hmm. So you have a meal at seven in the morning and at last you have energy and strength that lasts you until like five or six in the evening and then you refuel. Mm -hmm. so, so, so that's also a definite bonus is that I don't have to eat every two or three hours now Yeah. to have semi-decent energy levels. I have crazy high energy levels all the time from eating twice a day. So, so definitely like fitness and, and working out and all that. It's, it's much, I much prefer being fat adapted and, yeah. and, you know, working out in a fasted state and it just feels better. And, and yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just to speak to that, I haven't been carnivore, you know, I've only been carnivore for you know, like close to a month, but I will say, I think the biggest, that has been one of the most incredible things is that I don't have to eat all the time. And I feel like I'm able to get, so, I, I, first of all, I feel so focused. I feel like I'm able to get so much done. Um, and I think that's also a testament to you. And obviously, I mean, you know, you're working on three businesses right now and you have a family and you find time to exercise. So I just, I just think it, it clearly helps fuel you to like show up, show up for your life. 
Yeah, and and it's really easy. Like yeah. carnivore is super easy. So I also prep and cook all my own meals. My mm -hmm. family eats differently. Like my family isn't, isn't carnivore. Um. So so yeah, I cook. You know, I cook and prep all my old all my own meals, and it's super easy. And you know, I, I love not having to like chop vegetables and chop other Same. stuff. But I used to have to <laughs> chop and peel and all that stuff. And yeah, yeah it's 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 super easy. <laughs> Well, Asher, where can people find you? So um, on Instagram, my handle is Primal Wellness. Um, my uh, natural soaps and skincare um, uh, company is on spearheadsoaps.com is the uh, website address. On Instagram, it's spearheadsoap, uh, singular without an S at the end. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, those are probably the two best best places to uh, to look me up. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm going to turn the recording off, but stay on Zoom because I want to give you a proper goodbye. Um, but thank I will do. <laughs> but thanks thank for you. Yeah, thank you. All right, squad. If you are listening to this, it means that you have completed the 13th episode of the Mary Lacey Bank Show. I first want to say thank you so much for sticking around for the entire podcast episode. Your time is so precious and so valuable. And the fact that you spent it with me today just makes me feel so great. So first and foremost, please make sure that you are following me on all social media platforms at Mary Lacey Banks. I want to stay in touch with you. I want to get to know you. I want to be friends. You know what I'm saying? So also, please DM me your hot takes because I would love to hear what your key takeaways are from this show. Also, let me know, what do you guys want to see going forward from the Mary Lacey Banks show? I would love to know. Please share this episode with your friends to get more ears on the pod. It would mean the world to me. So with that said, I am holding you so tight in a thought hug, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. Mwah.